0: I'm glad that you said that because I think more people need to hear other men say it because you know as okay. women we could talk about it yeah. a lot which I know you guys listen to us about a lot of stuff <laughs> but I think it's important for other men to hear other men talk about it too that way they know it's not us women just telling y'all y'all need right, to be emotional right. or do this and that you know because we mean yeah. well
1: so Okay, so this this is a good point. This is actually this is good. This is
2: gonna get good. This is right?
1: so funny. So all right. All right, let me let me be clear about this. That in, in in this country, we're gonna we're gonna take a little step back and we're gonna in this country <laughs> as, an, as a black man, I personally feel that it is one of the most challenging paths that you can walk um just with everyday threats of certain things that may affect us and i also know that in a different way but probably to the same magnitude it happens for black women however when it happens to black women you all voice it you strategize and you mobilize as as killer mike would say and as black men, when we are faced with the same kind of hurdles and challenges, whether they're social, economic, political, judicial, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. that we internalize it like it is what it is and I got to find a way anyway and don't nobody care. So why am I going to tell anybody?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when we do that, and this is just, this is really when you think about like teenager turning into adult and you, when you really starting to see what this society is how it's really constructed yeah. um that in that space i i learned for myself that i had turned off all of the gauges that measure <laughs> emotions like they they, yeah. they they i just because it i couldn't find A value in living the emotion Mm. like I couldn't find value in like man that makes me sad like that makes me mad like but (laughs) what am I gonna get out of sitting in that like I couldn't as a man I really couldn't because the way that we kind of look at ourselves is that oh yeah women have the right Mm -hmm. to be emotional they're women that's kind of how we (laughs) look at it yeah as men it's like I don't really have the right to be emotional. And when I say emotional, yeah. it's not just like negative emotions. It's yeah. positive emotions, too. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like it because yeah. and the reason I, I might think that and when I say me, because I used to and, and I'm kind of just speaking for a lot of uh, friends and men that I that, that I know and that I've talked to about this before
2: mm-hmm. is
1: that. The positive emotions we see kind of get like some pushback as to like you can't you can't be happy and be a man like Mm
2: -hmm. like
1: that's not your role like you don't you you don't necessarily have to live that reality and we're like oh okay like (laughs) like and, and it's just society right perpetuating itself yeah but then when I had to like look back and say, all right, Rob, why are you really mad? Like Mm. what, like what, what are you really mad at? And I thought about the instances and it was a lot of things that I was mad at something that wasn't necessarily my fault. Mm. So there was, there's no way around it. Like it wasn't like certain things that I was either born into or situations I had to face that weren't in my control as an adolescent.
2: Yeah. I can't
1: sit here and be mad at myself. Like it was my fault. Mm-hmm. Like I could have done better. Like I was, I was just there, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that once I had a chance to kind of get around that thought
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: and, and kind of look at it from a different perspective uh, is where a lot of things in my life and financial life started to, to change.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and one of the things that I started to do uh, was to start to look at the negative events
2: mm-hmm. and
1: find some way to find some gratitude or be grateful for some part or some element of that thing. Yeah. And um, and that enabled me to remind myself what happiness was, mm-hmm. what joy was, or, or also get clarity on why have I chosen to feel a negative emotion when it happened 15 years ago, I'm making a choice to still be mad about it. Yeah. I'm making a choice to still be sad about it. Mm. Like, and, and understanding that there is an element and I guess it's called self sabotage for lack of a better term
2: mm-hmm.
1: where, okay, Rob one, you're human. You have the right to feel whatever you want to feel.
2: Yeah.
1: So take, take off for a second in, in a way take off the the burden that being a black man kind of feels like sometimes you got to sit the burden down for a second
2: Mm -hmm. at the end of the
1: day you're human and you have the right to experience emotion Mm -hmm. and i just had to like be real with myself about that and also say to myself that even if i am judged for the emotion that i don't give a damn (laughs) what the judgment is yeah because that's a big one Because Mm -hmm. men will do a whole bunch of stupid stuff to avoid judgment that's too strong for their for their for their insecurities. Because men have Mm -hmm. insecurities too, and and we will dodge any judgment that kind of pokes at that insecurity, Mm -hmm. Um, and that that may be to say, okay, I don't really feel like doing this but this is what's cool so i'm gonna do that and all the different ways that the decisions that a lot of my counterparts as, as men have made yeah thinking that okay i don't really have any other options so i think with just learning that about myself yeah and and coming to coming to just understanding i don't have all the answers i don't know what fixes everything right but just to have the awareness it started to help me look at things different and Mm. then it's so funny like when you look at things different things start to look things start to to happen differently too
2: yeah
1: um and come together and and success is it doesn't seem like a a huge mountain anymore it's just a matter of okay i gotta be as long as i'm good to me the -hmm. the world and the universe is going to be good to me as well yeah um and, uh, and that's, I think, the, the, the missing piece that a lot of young Black youth and especially young Black boys and also adult Black men, that's something we're missing is that in most cases, you can get some shiny things, you can get a nice car, you can get a nice house. When it comes down to really being in alignment with mm-hmm. the things that are really meant for you,
2: yeah. They are
1: never going to happen until you are as good to yourself as you think those things will be to you as well.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: and that, it took me years, like, once I really started wrestling with these thoughts for real,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it took me years to really get to that point where I had the aha moment. It's like, oh, Rob, like, give yourself a chance to feel something for a change. Yeah. Um And as you said, I would always hear from women Mm
2: -hmm. like,
1: oh, Rob, you're so emotionless. You just make the practical, (laughs) logical decision. Right. (laughs) And it wasn't that I was emotionless.
2: Yeah. It's just
1: that I didn't see the value in showing my emotions.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, because I felt the whole spectrum of it. I'm human. I can't turn off emotions. I can just turn off my reaction to them. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and and so that realizing that that wasn't as beneficial as I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like it was like choosing the microwave over the oven. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to heat your food up, but I guarantee you that oven cooked food going to taste a lot better. Yes. Um and and that was that was a a space for me that really gave me a lot of personal clarity that I personally witnessed my life and saw that that, that contributed to mm-hmm the financial growth that I wanted for myself once Mm -hmm. I was solid in who I was.
0: Yeah. And I'm so glad you shared that because I think it's really important. I think as we just do like our regular, like daily things, you know, going to work, coming home, you know, going Mm -hmm. out with friends and family, just all that stuff. Like we do kind of like suppress our feelings when it comes to certain things. And sometimes we, like you say, you don't see the value in it. And even some of us women, we've done that in our lives too. I even had experience with that where I kind of just sweep things under the rug. I don't feel it's important to really dwell in certain feelings or acknowledge them at all. But like you mentioned, the microwave and the stove, like eventually you're going to experience some stuff where you're going to be forced to like deal with those feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be like scary sometimes you may yep. feel uncomfortable nervous but i feel like that's where growth really happens because it's 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 not healthy to it's not healthy to ig- ignore them like it's healthy mm-hmm. to acknowledge feelings your emotions just like you said they're not feelings and emotions are not all negative right whether it's negative or positive like you have to acknowledge them be okay with them like for the moment meaning like you can't avoid feeling sad or angry about something like, like let the feelings come out. Like if you need to yell, cry or say something, Mm -hmm. I know it depends on the situation, but you have to get it out. Cause if you hold it in, it's just going to like fester inside of you. And then you're going to start to have like issues, like physical, like pain in your body. Mm -hmm. You're going to start to just feel exhausted all the time then mentally drained. And like, how can you really, level up in different areas of your life if you're like mentally drained like yeah on the outside you look like you fine right you smiling going here and going there and when people ask you how are you and you say I'm good like knowing darn well you're really not good and I think we're just used to saying oh I'm cool I'm good I'm okay or even if it's somebody that's closer to us in our inner circle even if we have personal conversations with our with people that are close to us sometimes we um, still, you know, hide or not want to show our feelings, but I think Mm -hmm. men and women, we're all learning that it's okay to feel and have emotions and that you're never not going to, um, like, it's not like you're going to experience certain things in life. And then for the rest of your Mm -hmm. life, you're not going to have to deal with no other feelings or emotions. Like every relationship, uh, not just romantic, but like friendships and business relationships and friends and family, like, you're going to have to address feelings in all areas of your life. And I feel like when it comes to men, I think more men are starting to realize that it's healthy and it's going to be a benefit to you all. to really acknowledge them. And I do agree with you when you said you didn't see the value in it. I felt that way, that way before too. Mm -hmm. But like you said, you got to a point where you realize you can't do that anymore. You can't just avoid or ignore or just, Hide or cover up certain feelings because something gonna happen yeah. where it's gonna burst out.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you're
0: gonna have to deal ooh. with it, you know. And I just feel like I get it. It can be scary and uncomfortable, and sometimes it's hard to talk to people because you don't know who you can really trust, uh, who can mm-hmm. really like keep your information private. Whether if you're right. just talking to a friend or even if you hire, you know, a therapist to talk to, sometimes it's still hard to get the words out. Because that's how I was. Like I'm a woman, but I even had times where I didn't want to talk to nobody like period and i just kind of had this big wall the shell up Mm -hmm. and that was really hard to break into with any type of connections or relationships but what i realized is like no that's not the way to live your life yeah you still got to use discernment and be selective with who you connect yourself with but that emotion, man, and it's like, men, it just makes me happy to hear other men talk about it because
2: mm-hmm.
0: sometimes hold on, oh, other oh. Men...
1: <laughs> I can give you a CC exclusive. This Ooh. is a Cleo <laughs> Children's exclusive, right? Ooh, I Let's got the you.
0: exclusive from Rob. Okay. I, B. I, Rob never, Boyd. I've
1: never talked about this on. I've never talked about this on a podcast either, and I've and mm. I've done numerous podcasts at this point in life. Yeah,
2: okay. here we go. Mm -hmm. This is, this
1: is, to your point. I, I emotionally boiled over 2016. Mm. So everything throughout life, um, uh, being where I'm from, in a part of town I'm from, I've had a lot of friends that fall victim to incarceration, gang violence, everything, right? So... That was just a part of life especially like late middle school through high school that was just that was that was every day like and it it was in a way where kind of background story on me i played basketball throughout high school um and then went to play a couple years at howard Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and basketball was was the thing that protected my future Mm -hmm. it didn't create my create my future because i didn't go to the nba i didn't go (laughs) but it protected my future because Mm -hmm. there were people in my neighborhood that are for a lot of other people are scary people but for me that's my homie from second grade (laughs) yeah and he like these individuals always made sure that i never got involved in the Mm -hmm. things that they were involved in and said it was always like, Oh Rob, you play basketball, like <laughs> like go to practice, man. Like go on like it was, and and, yeah. and, it, and I was always like, man, I always get left out the fun, cool stuff, mm-hmm. but it was actually like protecting my future because I couldn't see as far as to see where that lifestyle I mean, I knew where it could end, but yeah, I did I guess I wasn't in tune with the reality of mm-hmm. certain things until I got older. And I started mm-hmm. losing friends to the, to this, to this very thing, as we got older and the consequences just got bigger and bigger.
0: Wow. Fast
1: forward though.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that, that's, that's middle school, high school kind of perspective in life. Yeah. You go to Howard flip the whole script, <laughs> the whole, I was, I personally had culture shock and I'm and in this, wow. but black people and I had culture shock, right? Like, like, <laughs> This is just a different grain of black people here, right? Yeah. So it made, in in a crazy way, it made me feel slighted by the world
2: Mm.
1: as to how we grew up when I noticed that a lot of other people weren't required to live the certain things, live through the certain things I had to live through. It was almost like a resentment. Mm. And I kind of got angry. Wow, like,
2: Anyway, yeah.
1: like, like it's just not and I wasn't mad that other people had a better life. Yeah. I was kind of kind of in had a certain feeling about why was I dealt those cards. Mm. Um and then you know that kind of happened and in, in 2016, fast forward some more. In 2016, my best friend was back home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I won't say the wrong side of town, but in different area yeah. and was killed and and i was actually at that moment i was actually in north carolina because mm. i was down visiting my mom from dc and mm. um and it it really it really just brought my whole world down this was somebody mm. i played basketball with throughout high yeah. school he went to ecu i went to howard mm. We were kind of like basketball brothers slash neighborhood Like, my mom was his mom and his mom was my mom type thing. And at that point, I really just had a F everything, like, Mm -hmm. moment. Like, F everything. And that's actually the real story as to why I walked away from my business in D.C. Mm. Because at that point, I didn't even care about it. Yeah. Like, that moment just shook up everything. I was like, "Man, here's the business, and you, uh, y'all, great. Y'all continue to do great. I gotta, I gotta take a timeout. I, I need a full timeout right now." Like,
2: yeah. And
1: um, and I, I just kind of, I, I sat in that for like six months. I guess mm. clinically, uh, people would call that depression. Like, I went home. I was in North Carolina. <sighs> I was in my mom's house. I never, I didn't leave. I turned my phone off like off like no cell phone service um and just had to like figure out what my life was about because everybody and everything that meant something to me was being taken away it seemed Mm -hmm. like almost every year and and then i got a magical phone call had an opportunity came to atlanta start consulting kind of I, I I won't say it's out of the blue because there's a lot of pieces that led to that phone call, but yeah. it wasn't for anything I applied for. It was kind of just, uh, I had just gotten a new phone. <laughs> I had just put myself back on LinkedIn. Yeah. Just got on social media again. It's like three, five or six months after this thing happened.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: a couple of people found out how to get my number, get in contact with me. And I came to Atlanta And I came to Atlanta and I was like, all right, I got this. This is this is my first opportunity to get at at least access to corporate America benefits again.
2: Yeah. I had been
1: (laughs) an entrepreneur on my own. So it was like it it was like kind of shaky for a second. You when you buy your own health insurance and you're getting the cheapest thing out there, just to say you got health insurance, but you know you go to the doctor, it's like two hundred dollars to go to the doctor.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: this is that was the space I was in, and then I started consulting, and it's like the full suite of federal government benefits. I'm like, even though as a consultant and I was in t- at 1099, you can I still could access. Yeah. And and I did that, and mm-hmm. um, that enabled me to get access to a therapist. And this is I'm bringing this full circle. Okay. Ooh. So I went, I, I could get five free sessions of therapy
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that came with like the employee employee assistance program. It was like a like EAP or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um and on my second visit, like so my first visit, I was I was cause I was kind of leery about this therapy thing, y'all. So it's <laughs> like because it was just yeah. like, man, I'm about to, you, you don't know my life. Like, I lived through more than you. Pro- like, I was just thinking all these things. Like, how are yeah. you going to tell me about my life when I think it was probably harder than yours? Like, I have mm-hmm. all these things in my brain that just was trying to get me not to believe in this therapy thing.
2: Yeah. And,
1: and so the first visit, I was like, okay, this lady kind of cool. Black lady. I made sure she was a black lady. I was like, I ain't talking to nobody but a black woman. I ain't talking to nobody <laughs> else, right? Those was yeah. my rule. Oh, my God. Like, I don't even want to talk to another man because it is it, it, just like, no, I want to talk to a black woman. So I mm-hmm. I went through the system. I literally yeah. looked through the list
2: mm-hmm. and I saw
1: like Nikki something. And I was like, Nikki with two K's. Oh, she black. She got to be black. Right. <laughs> that, I, that's literally how I picked it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Nikki. I, I'm not trying to slight the name, Dr. Nikki. So. um, So I'm like, OK, like, dang, she. OK, I. I that that sound right. So I picked her, right?
2: Yeah. I had
1: no I had no other reference. I didn't know how to pick a therapist. I just was like, okay, she sound black. I'm gonna pick her. Let's let's see what this is about. <laughs> yeah. On up there, first first session, I'm like defensive, right? I'm just sitting there like, mm. what are we supposed to do here? What are we supposed to talk about? What are you gonna ask me? Like I'm like I'm yeah. like that, right? I'm real short, <laughs> and I'm sure she's used to that.
2: Yeah. this yeah. is what she
1: does every day. And she's like, she says to me, and this is what got me to open up. She says to me, oh, this is going to be fun. And I was like, what you mean it's going to be fun? Like, and I don't know if she did that by design. I don't Um, know if that was your spur of the moment response to me. But when she said that, I was, it almost was like, it kind of felt like a challenge.
2: Right. Like,
1: (laughs) oh, he, he like he can't even open it. Like, it almost is like she challenged me to tell her my life. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so I was like, okay, I got a, I got a pretty good feeling about this. So I was like, okay, this is a good meeting. Like, I, I, I'm gonna go back to work, but I'm actually going to come back and do this one more time. Mm. The second time I went back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, again, effort. <laughs> and I told her everything about me. Like, wow. Like, as far as what I was afraid of, what, what, what caused me pain, what hurt my feelings, mm. why was I, like, everything, right? Yeah. And I'm just, like, machine gun, like, I'm spitting it all out. <laughs> and I'll never forget, I sat there, and she, she was looking at me, and we were, like, kind of towards the end of the meeting. And she asked me, have you ever told anybody that stuff? I was like, nope. mm-hmm. "Wow, right?" And yeah. I could tell for her that in that moment, she actually didn't know what to say to me mm. because I was—I went from meeting number one,
2: yeah. super
1: defensive,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: to meeting number two. Okay, you want to play this game? Here's all of it, right? <laughs> And that was me still being anti because I'm like, all right, I'm going to flood you with my life. You (laughs) you can take this, right? Yeah. And when I did that at the end, I wouldn't, I didn't even care about her no more. I was actually just happy that I verbalized all that. Like it was literally like, dang, Rob, you ain't never said that. This is the first time ever that Mm -hmm. your thoughts turn to words. Wow, and, and, and as far as certain the things, the certain things I was sharing,
2: yeah,
1: and and when that happened, it was like a a, a a switch was flipped, and it's like, well, like this ain't that hard to express yourself. Like uh, I just had to say it. Like, yeah, like <laughs> who told me this was hard? Like, <laughs> right? And, and then and then. At that point, like we, I did the the rest of the remaining ones, and mm-hmm. then I was like, "Man, this is this is like we was actually just having conversations at that point, And I was like, "Man, therapy is actually kind of dope, yeah, because um, you can't tell nobody this stuff unless right. I'm like cuckoo crazy, and then you got to <laughs> yeah. like tell somebody." But the, if if we just like yeah. talk, like this is like mm-hmm. a like this is easy, like what? Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so um. And, and then that, that just experience, even though that's a professional kind of setting,
0: yeah.
1: it opened me up to being more open with the people in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and I wasn't just regurgitating my life on everybody, but
2: mm-hmm. I was
1: more expressive.
2: Yeah. And,
1: and I felt kind of like in me internally, like a part of me woke up,
2: mm-hmm. hadn't
1: been awake since I was a kid. Yeah. As far as, like you said before, just expressing, I mean, excuse me, experiencing emotion mm-hmm. and, and being able to vocalize what those things may be if you need to. And um, at that point, that's when I was like, oh, now I understand why all these women have been telling <laughs> men to go to therapy. I get it now.
2: Because yeah. it's not
1: necessarily that the therapist is going to give you an answer.
2: Mm-hmm. That's not what
1: therapy's for. Can't right. nobody give you an answer to certain things. Mm-mm. It's about the practice of being open and transparent be, with with the with the thought that doing that is going to help you progress.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's what it's yeah. really
1: about. Like to not bottle things in and to let if bad stuff comes in, <laughs> you gotta let it come out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And because the more you hold it in, you just you you just just a detriment to yourself like yeah and it's hard to see that mm-hmm. um as a black man because there's just so many things pulling us at us yeah. and I even have friends that I've shared this kind of story with and they're still kind of hesitant because yeah the the conditioning is so deep yeah as as mm-hmm. to like the things that we should and shouldn't do not mm-hmm. just as men, but specifically as black men. Um, yeah. and, and it's just a lot of pain that I, I don't know a lot of us are ready to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know women do experience these losses too because these young men that maybe fall to the streets or fall to the system mm-hmm. are the sons and the brothers or the uncles and the dads of women.
0: Yeah.
1: However, when as a as a man yourself
0: Mm -hmm.
1: when you see those things happen and you know that could have literally been Mm -hmm. you and not just somebody that was a relative that that could have been me Mm -hmm. the emotional inflection in that is just a little bit different from the experience of a black woman yeah and because i was thinking to myself like man like why did I make it? why didn't all my friends make it why well okay does that make like it was kind of like survivors remorse yeah and and I just I, it took me a while to really get around that
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um because it was like man I kind of feel like I didn't do enough mm. to save them yeah and, but then it flipped back mm-hmm. in 20 started to flip in 2016 over the last couple of years to now i'm doing everything i can do because they're not here anymore to help yeah. me and and it's a different mentality just mm-hmm. because i i i gained a new perspective just from sharing it and because once you hear something to think something is one thing but you say it out mm-hmm. loud and then you hear yourself it's like hold on do <laughs> know sound right. but when yeah. i was thinking it it was okay but when I heard it back from me saying it, that mm-hmm. sounds stupid. <laughs> and, <Right. laughs> and that literally has to happen.
0: Yeah, it sure does. And I'm, I'm glad that you didn't stay defensive. I'm glad yeah. you, you know, took on the challenge and started talking, opening up, because that led to where you are today. I think that's how a lot of people start off in therapy. They are defensive to the point where they won't even go or if they do go they kind of do what you did kind of just like you know not really you there but you're not there like right. really trying to be proactive with it but i think her saying oh this is gonna be fun <laughs> yeah like, I
2: like remember you a, her. I rem- you're
0: gonna be a piece of work huh you know
1: yeah. <laughs> so and, and I, I just i don't know i took a, am not offense to
2: it but i was like
1: like, like I'm a science project or something. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I got you, I got your science project, and that's I came back. Like and it but it all it all helped. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was definitely something that I wasn't expecting to have that that outcome. Yeah. Uh, and it I mean to the day, like that's why I still still a big fan of therapy. I mm-hmm. I, I think it's something that it can help you through some hard phases, yeah. but also it could, it could generally be just something where you have a dedicated person that can just help you filter through certain things. Right. Um, it, And it might not be a regular thing, but somebody that you could possibly check in with. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very important.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, there's more conversations about mental health and seeing a therapist nowadays than it was before. And I think everyone should, you know. I I still know people in my own life that are still like, like even I started seeing a therapist last June for the first time, mm-hmm. and just with me talking with with friends, it was like a therapist. If you don't go to church or girl, if you don't just go to sleep, take a nap, you'll be fine tomorrow. <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, no. And it's like, and also you don't have to necessarily wait until something like traumatic happens wow. in your life either, because I just feel like. For us to really get through life, you need certain types of people in your life, you mm-hmm. know? And I feel like a therapist is one. Not saying you got to see a therapist every week for the rest of your life. Right. But, you know, you may see a therapist for a certain amount of weeks or months. And then you may have a period of time where you're not seeing one every single week or every month. And you may feel like, okay, I think I need to see, have some more sessions. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of like off and on. But I think more people... I'm glad there's more conversations about it because a lot of people, you know, definitely with everything going on this year, I think more people are finding ways to cope with different things and you can't just do it by yourself. Even sometimes talking to a close friend, they may not be what, I mean, yeah, it's kind of venting, talking, but you may Mm -hmm. need more than talking to your friend. You may need to talk to a therapist and just hearing more men talk about it, especially black men, I think it helps other Black men feel more comfortable starting to talk about it just with their inner circle, but also talking with it with a professional because it is hard to open up, especially if you that's how you live your life. Like if you've been doing something yeah. your whole life, it's not easy just to flip the switch. Right. But when you have other people like sharing your stories about how therapy helped them and how it transformed their life, I think more people are... More excited or have more confidence in at least seeing one to see how it may work for them. You know, you may have to interview a couple of different therapists, see which therapy uh, therapist you connect with the best. Right, but it is important to get those emotions out because, like you know, sometimes people say you have to um, be mindful of people who are either like quiet all the time or hold stuff in all the time. Like for me. I don't get angry. Like it takes a lot for me to get like too, really me too. upset. <laughs> me too. Me too. And then like when I it, you know if I you know when I do it's like like not good. But I don't like I like nowadays like I'm so into positivity and peace. Like I don't right. even allow people to make me angry. So if right. I get angry, you have to have done something like off the wall for crazy for
1: <laughs> yeah they are done something crazy
0: yeah because it takes a lot of energy out of you to get upset and to yeah. talk loud and holler and just get super emotional like I'm I'm at a point now where I can be emotional in positive ways or a negative way if I experience something that wasn't great but for me to get like upset it has to take a whole lot so I think as we get older, therapy helps us be, have boundaries and be more selective with who we allow in our inner circles and mm-hmm. even how we respond to certain things. Like, you know, there's going to be somebody else that passes away that's close to us one right. day. Right. And I feel like we, its not that it's going to be easy or easier when mm-hmm. you navigate through certain problems or issues when you've had therapy. And yeah. I just like that we talk more about this because... Mm-hmm. Just like you said, you, the therapist asks you, have you ever shared this before? And I think sometimes you can tell when someone hasn't really talked a lot. Because you said you just let it all out yeah. <laughs> to her and just, you know, whatever you share with her, she probably was like, wow, he pr- probably haven't said this. And if you did, it probably wasn't often that you share that type right. of thing. So right. now do you feel like you are more comfortable sharing private and personal experiences and feelings with people that's in your inner circle
1: um yeah yeah uh, <laughs> I'm, I won't say that I'm more I, I'm more um yeah I'm more open about if someone were to ask me I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still not to a point where I would just take the kind of initiative to be expressive yeah but if somebody asked me now I will give them the real answer now.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, Which I wasn't always like that. Like you said, I would always be like, oh, I'm good or like... Yeah. But now if I know someone's really like... Because sometimes people just ask you on a whim.
2: And
0: they they don't really care. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But if I know somebody's really asking me... Yeah. um, Then, yeah, I'm definitely um, more open now and, and transparent about certain things than I have been. And it's really... In, in, in a lot of cases, and I will say, though, it's different between, like, if a man asks me and a woman asks me. Yeah. Like, if a, mm. if a man asks me, then I'm going to put it in man language, if you will. hmm And I'm going to give it, like, straight, <laughs> like, straight <laughs> shooter, right? Yeah. Um, but for women because i think i think this is from be, just being raised by a single mom yeah and, and just kind of where my value system is with women because before w- when i was really really young me and my mom was living with my grandmother mm. then when i was like four three or four we moved out and then so it was just my mom but my whole life i've just i've seen women take care of things so i gotta mm-hmm. I have a certain level of care yeah and respect so when i share things with with women are being open and transparent if a woman were to ask me something or or anything i'm still open and expressive but i'm also still cognizant <laughs> that you all are a little bit more emotionally receptive mm. than men are yeah. so i could say something that if i'm just In man talk, it's like okay, I he ain't gonna take nothing from that. But if I say that to a woman, she was like, "What? Like, how could you say that to me?" Right. Um, And so you know, but it's not—it's no malice. It's just that I—I'm still, I I still am. uh, It's still somewhat of a filter, is because it's a respect level that I I I just wouldn't say things as bluntly to a Mm -hmm. woman as I would to a man, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to share more either way than I might have before. Like if like one of my homeboys was asking me, like he was having some relationship issues and like couldn't mm-hmm. figure out why he was, why he was kind of still feeling, he felt weak for mm. for a weaker or kind of going back to a situation that really wasn't the best for him. Yeah. And like I get. I hear that a lot from women, you know, like yeah. <laughs> but when he told me as a like, man, like I was like, man, I was like, man, what? Like you know how y'all do. <laughs> and and but I but because we just have a certain yeah level of trust and a bond, he didn't take it in any sort of way. He was like, man, I needed you to check me like that. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I was like I, I kind of, I guess I feel I feel guilty. And mm. I, and because I feel guilty, like I rekindled the situation that shouldn't have been rekindled. Mm. and and, yeah. so, and I knew him asking me that was a big step to begin with, yeah, and so, and I'm like, he might i don't I didn't ask in the moment. I'm like, he might not even have a therapist, so yeah. I might be right now his acting therapist, and I don't even know it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and yep. <laughs> but I, at the same time, I told him what he needed to hear, Mm -hmm. but I said it in a straight, direct way. So he knew I wasn't BSing him. Yeah. But at the same time, it was also a level of accountability in Mm -hmm. what I said to him because we are both men. Yeah. it's hard. I can't hold a woman accountable because I don't know the pressures in the value system and I don't understand Mm
2: -hmm. a woman's
1: value system completely. So I can't, from an accountability (laughs) standpoint, it stops at a certain point. Yeah, I know how you wire my my guy. Like <laughs> I know what I know. I, yeah. I walk these walks too. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can have a little higher level of accountability with you because mm-hmm. I can relate to you a little bit more than I can relate to the experience of a black woman. Yeah, so it's a little bit different, but I I still would be open and transparent with 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 more with,
0: mm-hmm. with
1: male friends and and women friends.
0: Yeah, and I think just us having this conversation gives other people more confidence in being able to share just with sharing anything. I know it's not always easy because I struggle with that, but going to therapy or just having conversations with other people that I trust, you know, not that I feel like people just going to just tell me what I want to hear. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if I actually share something with someone and I want some feedback, you know, I want people to tell me, The truth or tell me what they think, you know, I I think we need people like that in our lives, too. So I think there's a need for therapists, but I think there's a need for us to have close people in our lives that we can call or text or FaceTime or whatever. And just even if it's like a little five minute check in, just like something instead of just always holding it in because when it comes time for you to cry or for you to get upset, it's just going to be like times 100 mm. because you've been holding it in like mm. for so long. And then once you get it out, just the way you feel, you're going to just be like, like eventually you're going to feel like, good because you like got mm-hmm. it out especially if it's like like I don't know if you ever had a moment where you like got a good cry out I know men don't like to talk about no but no I've, I've
1: gotten one before though <laughs> no for sure
0: yeah but I think at least once in our lifetimes we've yeah. had a moment men and women where we've just had a good ugly cry that we just had to get out whether it feels something with personal or professional but I just think sometimes we it can be overwhelming. So that's why I feel like it's really good to talk with people. And when it comes to talking about money and talking about business and entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. it's just so many other feelings and emotions that come up with dealing with that type of stuff. So if you don't already have some type of um, system, not not like a perfect system, but just having an outlet, like a healthy way to get stuff out, then it's going to be very difficult to really grow. And like in a positive way, if you don't, always have a way to like get it out because I've let stuff boil over and I was like, no, that's not a way to live Cleo. Not at all. So I'm glad you as a man, a black man is talking about how that helps you getting it out and other men are going to see you talking about this, hear you talking about it and see that it was a benefit to you. Now you see the value, just like you said before, you didn't see the value in, Mm -hmm. um, acknowledging or feeling certain ways but now you see that there's a reason why you should
1: yeah and and one last note about that whole dynamic
2: Mm -hmm. yeah is
1: is the uh, and I I'm sitting here trying to recall who told me this and I can't remember who it was but I I still live by it every day right now is that when you're thinking about your your life and you look at things that have happened and sometimes a lot of times we look back at disappointments and things that Mm -hmm. didn't work out right and there is a there's an emotional pain that comes with things that you either did wrong or didn't work out or whatever may happen Mm -hmm. and um one of the things that I learned uh kind of on on this side of of (laughs) of therapy if you will (laughs) like over the last like two or three years is that you, you only have two hands, right? This is mm-hmm. the way to think about it, where everybody can relate to this. You have two <laughs> hands. And mm-hmm. in your two hands, you can decide what you choose to carry. Mm. And one of the things that has happened in our community, when I say our community, the Black community in America, is that we're always reminded of, of the past. We always are reminded of disappointments or shortcomings or just things that didn't work for, for us as a collective,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, whether it's, I mean, I don't even want to list them all, but there's a lot of things <laughs> that we refer to.
2: Yeah.
1: And at some point you have to have the courage
2: mm.
1: to decide that you don't want to carry the pain anymore. However, when you make that decision, Mm-hmm. There are gonna be a lot of black people that are choosing to carry it that are gonna that are gonna look at you differently because you decided to sit those things down and pick up something else
2: mm. and
1: usually when you sit those that pain down,
2: yeah you now
1: have two hands where you can catch some blessings right mm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: and when you think about the plight of our community, that is the challenge, is that yes, we have not been completely valued in this country as mm-hmm. citizens, as people. I, you can't tell me th- anything different. I know history too, right? <laughs> but one of the things that led me to have more positive experiences in the moment and in the future
2: Mm -hmm.
1: was i decided to sit down or lay down or let go of all the pains in my past that are still painful that like it doesn't change that certain things aren't painful i'm not saying that Mm -hmm. but to move through life and and not have that be the thing that you take everywhere with you Mm. um and when you do that again you're gonna have family members friends look at you funny co-workers look at you funny when you decide that oh I don't want to be hurt anymore like mm. I know racism racism is real but racism doesn't even make me mad anymore mm. like because racism can only stop me if I pay attention to it yeah. and and that's that's a reality that a lot of us haven't grown into being able to to live out and so yeah. if we're going to be honest like this, a lot of us that lean on these social ills as reasons why we don't have yeah and if you do it will be the reason but if you don't it won't be the reason and it's actually <laughs> pretty it's actually pretty simple how it works yeah and so uh, i and, and this is a work in progress i'm not perfect but mm-hmm. i in my life have been working on letting go and sitting down the pain and not traveling with it, not mm-hmm. carrying it around with me. There's a certain, always going to be things I don't forget about that are always going to be uh, a reminisce and kind of be a painful to think about.
2: Yeah. But
1: when I leave my door, when I go into a place of business, when I go shopping, when I travel, that's not the experience that is determining who shows up. Mm-hmm. who shows up is me and i'm not gonna have the the hurt that happened years ago come with me because yeah. i want somebody else to get the best version of me
2: mm. and the
1: best version of me is not the resentful one
2: yeah so
1: so i i was able to really like come i don't want to say compartmentalize but i was able to really think about it in that perspective
2: Mm-hmm. and to
1: say okay there are still days where I'm like oh I hate Trump Well, now that he I mean he's he's done now but it was <laughs> yeah. like th- there's a and, th- and those things are mm-hmm. you can easily turn into pain yes like, and I'm like yeah like I can't stand how he makes decisions <laughs> and how he operates but at the end of mm-hmm. the day like what, what does Trump really affect in my life on a daily basis for real <laughs> like yeah what does he really affect right now? Mm-hmm. And it really, I couldn't identify a lot of things. And I realized, wow, like, whether it's media whoever it may be, could mm-hmm. be convincing you to yeah. hold on and carry pain. But a lot of the mm-hmm. things that are, are the greater things that we want in our lives will only come when we let go of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's, I'm working on it all the time around yeah. the clock. And it's it's like, I don't think you'll ever are done with this process, but the better you get at it, the more you, the positive things you'll see happen in your life. Um, And I'm just a firm believer of that.
0: Yes. The power of letting go, like you said, it's, you know, a work in progress. We just get stronger and stronger and we're more able to do that as time passes on. But I think it's really important to share that with all of us, with me and with everyone listening, I think we try to find value in holding on to stuff. Like we feel like we we um, we feel like we have to hold on for to things more than we need to. But like you said, you sat there and was like, what is he actually affecting in my life on a daily basis? I'm riled up, getting upset. For what? Yes, you know, sometimes there's moments where we're like, okay, you may have a moment where you like, you know what, this guy just, you know. Right, but right. I just feel like, That is true. Like you do have to have a moment where you're like, you know what? Thinking about how it's making you feel, how is this really serving you? Like, where am I getting with this type of mindset or these feelings and emotions? So let me just let it go and like focus on something else. Even for me, when I have certain feelings and emotions about things, I have to remind myself like Cleo, okay, if it makes me upset or if I feel like I got to cry and let it out. Even if I'm not crying, even if I'm just feeling, like, not really good about something, I have to, like, sit in those feelings, acknowledge them, but then I I don't want to stay there either. Like, what's next? Like, what else am I going to focus on? Because staying here is not going to really serve me, and I feel like more of us should really acknowledge our feelings because I think it's easier to avoid them until you can't avoid it anymore. Like until you just boil over and you have to acknowledge them. But I think that's why I'm really happy that more people are talking about it and more people are wanting to learn more about mental health and how to relieve stress in healthy ways and how to really talk about your feelings and how it's going to help you throughout your life, but we're all still learning and growing. Like no one ever reaches a level. Like, you know, what? I'm fixed, you know, like I'm right, I'm right, done. Right. Like I don't, I never need therapy for the rest of my yeah. life. I never need yeah. to have any, I don't need to share any more stories. Like, no, like this is like a, a, a it's like, it, it's like, it keeps going a, on and on yeah, and on. Like, yes, it is. And when I first started seeing a therapist in June, uh, a friend of mine was like, Well, how long are you gonna see them for a couple weeks? And I was like, No, like other people that oh. I know that have done therapy like over the years, they're like sometimes people go to therapy, you know, depending on what's going on. Sometimes you go to therapy for some months, sometimes it's mm-hmm. some years. Some people say, you know, I just see a therapist off and on. Like it's not you go for a week or right. two weeks and then right. that's it. Like nobody is fixed, you know. Right. right. And I feel like we're always growing in life. I just feel like that's what life is about. Because as soon as you reach the next level, there's going to be a new set of challenges, a new set of experiences that you've probably never dealt with before. And now you got to learn how to navigate through your life and deal with the new experiences. So I just think people need to realize no one is perfect. None of us are. Right. We're all a work in progress. So you need tools, resources, and people in your life to really help you elevate. And that's something that I learned in my own life that Cleo... You are not superwoman. I think, because I was a a teen mom really early. And that goes to what you mentioned um, earlier in the podcast when you were saying how things that happened in the past, it doesn't have to be, like, remembered as this traumatic experience. Like, there is things I'm grateful for and learn from that experience. But since I was a single mom and a teen mom for so long, I'm just used to doing stuff. By myself, So that's always my mindset. But now I realize it's power and connecting with other people. And it's okay to need help and want help and ask for help. And that there's people out there who are down for collaborating or helping you with something, Mm -hmm. them teaching you what you know. And then just us having this conversation right now, I feel that it's very helpful for me. I hope it's very helpful for you too. And I think other people that are gonna be listening to it It just helps. And that's the whole reason why I started the podcast is having more conversations. So I'm glad you said something about mental health because it plays a huge (laughs) role in all of our, in all these different areas of our lives, because I feel like we need to start talking about it. And when you mentioned about being judged or what other people are going to think, I think we all have had those moments where we're like, well, what are people going to say about me? Think about me. But it's like, when you not, when you don't worry about what other people think, your life is going to be so much more joyful and happy because I feel like no matter what, somebody somewhere is going to say something. Always, so,
2: always,
0: It doesn't matter how good of a person you are. It doesn't matter how successful. It doesn't matter what type of mistake you made or something that you did, people may think is negative. Like mm-hmm. somebody somewhere is always going to have something to say, whether they say it publicly or in private. Right. So I just feel like we all should just do what we feel is best for us you know, in our personal and professional lives, and not worry what others think, because a lot of times the people who always have something to say don't really have nothing really going on in their own life. They anyway. don't.
1: That's why they always got something to say. They don't have <laughs> yeah. nothing. Else, they don't have nothing else going on. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then being okay that everybody is not going to support you or like what you're doing. And that's okay, too, because, you know, I don't like everything and everybody either. I think we all like what we like. Mm-hmm. But I think there's enough of us out there that we can have just like uh, the community that you and Ashley have. There's people who love the wealth builders community. So we're gravitating towards you all so we can do better in our lives. So I feel like there's room for all of us, no matter what we're trying to do. But I think the therapy and mental health being atop of the conversations Forever basically is yeah. gonna be needed. And it just becomes easier to talk about it. I know for me, it's easier for me to talk about it more now. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that more men are are being outspoken just on social media when I see people doing like Instagram lives or podcasts or just you know, having these conversations and other men are tuning in more, you know, because it's like, oh, it's not just a panel of women talking about how black men right. should. Uh, think deeper or be more emotional or see a therapist now there's other black men like well-established black men that know what they're talking about in their fields and they're saying how therapy helps them so that's why i'm so happy that you mentioned it because it's important and i think it really helps us have a quality of life in all the areas not perfect but just have Mm -hmm. the quality of life that we desire
1: right right no yeah i think it's um it's very underrated topic
2: yeah (laughs) it
1: it might just be the most important topic in our community but we all know we can't stop life just to tackle it we got to continue to live through and kind of manage it as we go (laughs) yeah um but yeah it's i it's been the solution well i won't say solution because i really have a problem it's been the (laughs) gateway to um all the things that i have now in life Mm-hmm. um that i now that i've now that it's happened this way i'm not sure what else could have gotten me to this point
2: mm-hmm. rather
1: than the way that i was able to change my perspective on the things in life over the last i'd say half a decade of like the last five years so many things so many ways i looked at life have mm-hmm. changed and evolved in the last five years Mm -hmm. And now kind of just looking at what's going on currently in life and what seems to be on the horizon of life. yeah. um, I couldn't, I don't know if I, how how else I would have gotten here if I didn't have that experience of just like being forced to deal with my emotions in that part of my life. Like You could have the formula to a successful business or you could know exactly how to do something. But unless you have that EQ Mm
0: -hmm. and that
1: emotional intelligence,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. it's just not going to (laughs) happen.
0: Yeah. Do you like like out of all the men that, you know, like personally or professionally, Mm -hmm. do you feel more of them are also talking more and seeing a therapist or you still feel like it's a long way to go? Like it's a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um it's that def- I'll,
1: I'll be honest, I'll say it's a long way to go. Yeah. Um, and it's a long way to go because when I think about the notion of taking this step,
2: yeah I also have
1: to you also have to have the context of where I am in life right now. Yeah, like I, I, I'm aware of the fact that I'm probably in the top five percent of black men social economically education wise Mm
2: -hmm.
1: general experiences travel experiences everything yeah like probably i just put that number there right Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and even in this space of other colleagues and friends that i have that i feel are in the same space they're kind of iffy about it Yeah, so i know the individual who might not have been exposed to a lot, a lot of other things in life, who might not have the education, who might not have traveled the world, who might not have a, a business or be an entrepreneur, and that it's even harder for for someone that's in the thick of it like that mm-hmm. to think about this being a viable option because it seems so esoteric. Yeah, and when you're in the thick of it, it's like, well, I'm going to talk to somebody. and My life going to get better. What you talking about? Like, <laughs> like what you like? That don't make yeah. sense. That ain't that That's not how the math work around here. Yeah. And um, and so it it's something where I am open. I'm completely fine and comfortable with talking about the fact I took that step.
2: Yeah. But
1: I also know that how as far as how men think. Mm -hmm. that there we we are conditioned to be seers before believers Mm -hmm. when actually we actually got to be believers before we're seers yeah and to make that crossover (laughs) when you see what the hood look like it's hard it's Mm -hmm. hard and and it's like what like look at what i see every day i'm supposed to believe what and yeah. and and so there's a there's a tug of war and like people like me I realized kind of like I'm just now realizing this in my life that I, I'm probably the only person for the people that I like I know I can't speak for everyone but I'm the yeah. only person that as far as as from the community I'm from it like that has the leverage <laughs> the respect and the overall, I guess, um, acceptance from mm. community members to even suggest that to someone mm-hmm. and they take it serious. like if I yeah. go back to my hood right now today <laughs> and I, and I talk to the little homies on the block that are like the little brothers and little cousins and, and nephews of all my friends, yeah, that are maybe long gone at this point.
2: Mm-hmm. But they
1: know, they like, oh, that's, that's, that was my older brother. Like, yeah. They, and, and I go back to them right now and <laughs> they know I seen everything. They yeah. know, they know that. And I tell them, yo, you should go to therapy <laughs> and, and like start talking about what you see every day on the block.
0: Yeah.
2: And he
1: going to look at me like, Rob.
0: <laughs> You're like what? I mess with you,
1: <laughs> but I don't know about that. Yeah, and that's somebody I know personally. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and and they know. Okay, like he been here, he been in my shoes, but I don't know what he's talking about right now.
0: Right. And
1: <laughs> and so when you think about it like that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's still a long way for us to go. Because yeah. That's me influencing somebody that that knows that I can relate to them. Right, There's somebody who don't know me from nothing, and I they gonna man, get out of here, man. Gonna
0: be, be kind of hard, you know, when right. you think about and, that. And so,
1: I, it is a longer way to go. However, I definitely always think it's possible. Um, but the 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 one thing I think will help with the the needle moving is for black men that's in my space in that top 5%, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Rappers, athletes, successful business owners
0: mm-hmm.
1: educate like that, that what we would, what America would call elite, which I just call well-informed yeah. like, <laughs> or, or, or well-endowed with talent or a gift
2: mm-hmm. that,
1: that and until all of us mm-hmm. start to say like, you just, created a platform for start to say that hey I'm from where you from and I started doing this and it started helping. Yeah. And when LeBron comes out and says he has a therapist. And mm-hmm. when Lil Baby comes out and says he has a therapist. And when Meek Mill comes out and says he has a therapist, when once we collectively start to say, hey, this is actually happening and this is helping us, yeah. Then the needle will start to move. <laughs> right but until we get comfortable enough in our black manhood Mm -hmm. to go to the mountaintop and shout that Mm -hmm. until we're comfortable enough to do that it's gonna be a tug of war
0: yeah it is a huge one
1: and so i hope that me sharing this and then other individuals and that that are visible in the black community visible individuals start to say hey no like I did start working on my mental health Mm
2: -hmm.
0: even
1: if you're an athlete I did go to a sports psychologist like like whatever it may be to show the people that look up to you or that want to be like you or emulate emulate you
2: Mm -hmm. okay
1: I got talent I got a gift but I still got to work on my mind too Mm-hmm. Um and and making that a thing. Yeah. Is is it's gonna is a lot of that's gonna rest on the influential people in our communities.
0: Yeah. Like you said, shouting it out from the mountaintops, like more voices need to put it out there for mm-hmm. more people to really like make a move on it. And I just think about where I'm from, from the hood in South Nashville, West Nashville, and mm-hmm. like just, just like you said, if you went back to your neighborhood. I just envisioned myself walking back. Like I've went back to my neighborhoods, you know, several times, but just telling someone you should see a therapist, you know, it's going to be automatic block. Like, right, you know, right. trying to say, trying to justify why it's not even going to, it's not Isn't an option crazy? for me. Uh- <laughs> 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 right, like what you mean I need a therapist? What you trying to yeah. say? Yeah. Like, hold, up. <laughs> hold up. I'm trying to help you here. Just trying to <laughs> let you know how this helped me. It may or may not help you, but I think it might be good to try it out. That's right. what I want more people to 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 think about it that way. It's just trying something out. And like when you say you were defensive, like really trying it out. Not going and being like, you know, this is what we're gonna talk about. But right, that's right. natural because yeah. you cause you don't trust that person yet. So of mm-hmm. course you have to find someone you connect with and that you feel may have your best interest. But yeah, you're right. I think it's it it is a long way to go. Yeah. And more of us have to talk. And even though women may see a therapist more than uh, men, um, I feel like even with us, we can go see a therapist, but sometimes we still won't fully open up and give the mm-hmm. real uh, all the information. We're just, you know, women, we love to talk. <laughs> so right. sometimes we're just talking
2: <laughs> and then we
0: realize we're we going deep and then we realize, you know what, I didn't really dig deep like I thought I did Um and then you have these breakthroughs when you have certain conversations with a therapist or other people and you realize, you know what, this is why I still have these habits or I'm still doing things a certain way. It's because I I didn't fully forgive myself or accept certain things or heal from certain things. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like a therapist really helps you have those aha moments, like you said, or the breakthroughs. So I definitely appreciate you taking this extra time to Talk about this because it's very, very important. And I feel like a lot of people are going to be uh, blessed by this conversation.
1: I hope so. I, I really um yeah. I mean I didn't think we were gonna talk about this today, but I know <laughs> every everything hey, is, is meant is, to
0: be. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's meant to be. And uh and I know at least one person, that's all I always say is at least one person's life is gonna be different from hearing this.
0: Yes, yes, most definitely. And I'm like I said, we're both still learning and growing. And even I still felt inspired and learned from it as well. When I do these uh, episodes, these podcasts, you know, I am still learning. I'm still a work in progress. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do to not only share information with others, but valuable information that people can actually use in their own lives.
1: No, definitely. It's, um, I, I enjoyed this conversation. And I mean, the, the <laughs> money part, the finance part, right. the life <laughs> part, but then also the, the, uh, the emotional health, yes. mental health part about it as well. Yes. Um, and I know no, I'm, I'm completely 100%, 100% grateful for this conversation today. Yes. uh, I'm actually what I what I also love is I love listening back to these. So, yes, um, this is going to be helpful just to listen back to and. Yeah. And um, and be able to kind of take it all in because it's always different when you hear it.
0: Oh, yes, most definitely. And I'm happy I got the V Rob board exclusive. That's
1: the, the Cleo Children's
0: exclusive. like. Oh, yes, CC, CC exclusive. <laughs> I love that. You know what? See, you, you're helping me out with some ideas over here. I get yeah, some yeah. extra conversation. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yes, I really do uh, appreciate it. And I definitely love talking with you and talking about all things, all about life. Because it's not just about the money, right? It's about all areas. And um, I just hope that everyone out there that's listening, that you you took some notes and actually thinking about things that you can change in your own life. And if you've never seen a therapist or if you have difficulty talking with people about it, just find at least one person to start that way that you trust that you can talk to. And if you want to see a therapist, I will list some options in the show notes so that you can research and explore and find some options that may work best for you. So thank you so much. I appreciate that, uh, Rob. And until next time, (laughs) because it will be a next time, because I feel like there's so many other conversations to have, but I definitely appreciate uh, having you here. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Financially free with Cleo.